This is Weekly Signals Interviews, broadcast every Tuesday morning from 8 to 9 on KUCI, 88.9 FM, Irvine, California. I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Kaspar. What causes people collectively to envision evil and seek to exterminate it? Why does the representation of evil recur in such typical patterns? Our guest today, David Frankfurter, poses those questions in his new book, Evil Incarnate, Rumors of Demonic Conspiracy and Satanic Abuse in History. His answers may surprise you. Throughout history, those seeking to purge evil have done more violence than the followers of so-called evil groups. Frankfurter is Professor of Religious Studies and History at the University of New Hampshire. He is the author of the acclaimed Religion in Roman Egypt, which won the 1999 Award for Excellence in the Historical Study of Religion from the American Academy of Religion. David Frankfurter, welcome to Weekly Signals. Thanks. How are you today? I'm pretty well. Good. How, what's the weather like in Cape Cod? It's kind of cloudy and overcast. Oh, so so the, the global warming hasn't descended upon you yet? <laughs> oh, it, it's descending. Yeah. <laughs> we get a break occasionally. Uh, now, now did, did, did someone evil put that together, this global warming <laughs> stuff? Or? Oh, gosh. No, no, no. <laughs> now, now, what do you mean, uh, in the subtitle for your book, what do you mean by the myth of demonic conspiracy? Well, it's not really even in the subtitle. When I, when I use the term myth, when people in religious studies use the, use the term myth, they're not making a, a judgment on, on, tr- on veracity, on truth. They're really talking about a, a paradigm, a, a, a way of um, configure, telling a story or configuring symbols that's going to that's gonna have a particular type of meaning. When, um, when people talk about evil cults being out there, um, when people talk about satanic culture or Jews, Jewish ritual murder and things like that, these are, are very captivating stories of conspiracy, of, of a kind of historical background to a particular group, to, um, to configuring the kinds of rituals that these people do that, that legitimates atrocities. It's, it's, um, these, these stories, they, rec- they recur over 2,000 years in multiple cultures, and and when I use the term myth, it really is, is the, t- the value it has for, for understanding uh, misfortune in societies. So, so this is a, uh, the myth is, is a, as a construct so that we can understand what, what this thing is we call evil? A, well, not so much, not so much the, the term, the abstract term evil, but the way in which um, people think about evil in societies, in cultures. They don't think about it as a kind of abstract thing that's... Uh, you know the antithesis of God. They think about it in terms of real demons, in terms of real predators, in terms of real foreigners or religious groups that are out to get them. So that's what I'm talking. You're and you're talking about it, and it's it's a strong need of the collective, isn't it? Yeah. To, to be able to identify something, is this an extension in some way of an us and them mentality? In that we understand evil. Some people understand evil in a spiritual way, but others have to identify evil in a more secular manner, and that's when you kind of get into the politics of evil. Is that? Yeah. Is that? Is that? I mean, there is there a much of a distinction there? Sort of a spiritual view of evil, and then I guess you'd say evil incarnate here in, in on Earth, and, right. and and that's where it takes on these sort of. Yeah, I mean, the, there's very, very much it, it comes out of a sense that 
that the people over there, the people in that culture, are prone to uh, immoral, sexual, you know, treatment of children, all that kind of stuff. That that they practice things very, very differently. That they must be um, kept away at all at all costs. And that um, and I guess one of the problems that that occurs in a lot of cultures. I mean, this goes back to, to ancient Rome too. Is that when those people who are kind of properly kept on the periphery start kind of appearing in our cities, we begin to worry about their bringing their practices in. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the stories of Jewish ritual murder, of satanic cults, talks about a kind of, you know, this group used to be way out there, and then they kind of like brought their 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 nefarious practices, you know, among us, and, and they practice in... In, a, in an apartment or a house or a basement or something like that. Mm-hmm. But when I I want to clarify in terms of spiritual evil that that when people think about the, the demonic too that that they're also locating the habitat of demons out on the periphery that you know out in the darkness out in the in the mountains or in the uh, valleys or or ponds and things like that. So there's also when people locate supernatural evil, the kind of demons you keep away with salt or crosses or something, that they also belong out there. And the problem is when, you know, if we go out there to herd our sheep or something, then, of course, we are prone to their danger. Mm-hmm. Well, in identifying evil of any sort, then, uh, you're, you're not allowing for a grayscale, and you're not allowing for any type of understanding for what that behavior is. I, I think yeah. what you said in your book, it becomes, it's, evil is a judgment, yeah. It, it's not something that uh, that exists, I guess. You know, it's it's not a. Well, it, it's something that we impose on something. Exactly, yeah. it's a way we we understand misfortune and a way we mobilize against misfortune. Also, right. Well, I think it's important to to note that any time you mobilize a nation to war, one of the most one of the necessary components, one of the necessary um, requirements is to convince your people that those people are are the embodiment of some some kind of an evil. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but I want to ask you, I mean let's go back to basic um being a professor of religion and such or study or uh, I'm sorry, a um well, let me let me ask Mike. you. Let me. I'm sorry. I'm just stammering here. I'm sorry. <laughs> history um, and religion. History and religion. I want to ask then yeah. what is your definition? Uh how do you view what is evil to you or what is how do you define it? Well, again, I'm, I'm probably going to go into kind of cultural terms. Okay. I mean, evil is, is uh, I mean, whether we use the term evil or maleficium in Latin or something like that, mm-hmm. um, it's going to be um, mis- a cause of misfortune um, that is outside the realm of, hum- of, of what we would construe as human, allowable human behavior. Mm-hmm. It's, it's I mean, the, the better term often is is monstrous or savage. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we describe, um, um, uh, you know, the, the enemy or uh, a criminal as being evil, being monstrous, in some ways we're, we're saying that, that we don't have to think about this person in terms of their biography or, or past traumas or social science or... or as a kind of a person who's who's led to this through extreme circumstances, we're saying I don't ha- I don't have to think about this anymore. This person is a monster, and I don't I don't want to deal in any 
empathetic or sympathetic way. I want to simply see them in a way for what they are, as as being an extreme, as be, embodying an, an extreme form of of uh, of um, predation or something. Okay, like. so I guess then what that does is it 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 allows the person responding to the evil or the nation mm-hmm. or the society or the group. It it sort of it unmoors them. It allows them a sort of unfettered behavior in order to combat that which that which they see as evil, which is really the heart and soul of what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. It, to, to purge it. So identifying something as evil is really allowing somebody or some some group to do anything. Yeah. All bets are off. Anything's is is uh, is on the table to yeah. to combat this evil. Yeah. And and so. That's what this. By the way, I'm going to remind our listeners we're speaking with David Frankfurter, and the book is Evil Incarnate: Rumors of Demonic Conspiracy and Satanic Abuse in History. So let's talk about that. How many? There obviously there's multiple. Well, I'm going to just go move ahead. it into Orange County here. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, and the evil that exists here, okay. or it did. Um, there was a. Uh, I don't know if you're aware of Chuck Smith, who is the pastor at Calvary Chapel, uh-huh. and and he had uh, he was dealing with satanic cult survivors, uh-huh. and, and these people, of course, would would claim that they bit the heads off of dogs or whatever it is that they did that that made them evil and then somehow uh, uh, found Jesus and and decided (laughs) that 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 was reason enough not to be involved in in evil behavior anymore. Could you talk a little bit about how that that psychology can can get followers, that that people need to hear stories of evil Mm -hmm. so that they're attracted to, to uh, to a group? Yeah, it's a very interesting process. I mean, you have to begin in terms of the audience, the people who are su- who are subjected to it, um, with a certain degree of kind of anxieties. Anxieties about inner states. Anxieties about about even thinking thinking about um, transgressive images and perversions and things like that. So there's already some anxiety there. Um, on the other hand, you have to have a very strong leader who who primarily claims the ability to discern evil. And so that in many ways people people allow themselves um, or put themselves in thrall to a person who can say, this is the problem. It's not your, your anxieties. It's not your particular families. It's not your uh, struggle to be Christian or something like that. It's that say, you have Satan in your past or that you have uh, memories of being part of a satanic cult or something like that. So you have, in a way, two things going on. One is one is the strong leader who will who will discern evil, who claims primarily to be a discerner of of evil, and then on the other hand, people who are in some ways struggling to place, clarify their own fears of, of society. Hmm. And with very very few exceptions, mm-hmm. these yeah. are almost always father figures, aren't they? Yeah. Well, I guess I guess in some ways, though, a lot of the people who claimed to be discerners of satanic ritual abuse back in the eighties and nineties were women, right. and and they had particular strength because they would say, you know, I I have a a deep empathy to um, understand children. I I can kind of bond with with the survivors. Um, they they uh, ended up being quite potent as leaders. But but more often than not, this sort of this Chuck Smith that we described. More often than not, these the the heads of these religious organizations tend to be male, mm-hmm. and they tend to be the ones who are going to help you fight off the evil. Yeah, well, I mean, I I think 
especially because because the satanic ritual abuse um, panic was so um, in, involved so much uh, memories of childhood, yeah. so many constructions of the family and of of femininity and things like that. There often are involved in this some type of female experts along the side, even in in deliverance ministries where where people are exercised. They're very often. Uh, freelance discerners who are invariably women and can kind of detect um, that you have an, an aura of some uh, mm-hmm. demon of, of past uh, satanic abuse. Does that relate to the uh, to the description in your book about how the natural lust of women can be a gateway to demonic behavior? Is that sort of is that that to deny that lust maybe would well, be? I, a... I don't want to go on on. <laughs> I don't no. want to go online actually saying that I believe that particular no, thing. No, no, but I'm saying that. I, I meant <laughs> oh, that. Oh, go in, ahead. Yeah, <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. But, um, no, but no. I, what I meant, you know what I think. Yeah. You know oh, exactly, yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think one of the things that, that takes place during, the, during the, the course of these of these satanic abuse panics is that um, roles for women, roles for men become in many ways accentuated. So women become primarily victims of these satanic cults, of fathers, of other men in the community, men become perpetrators or victims in other ways, or boys become perpetrators and victims. So, so yeah, women might, a woman might, on the one hand, become a particularly susceptible to a to demonic, uh, sexual demonic attack, but she might also become particularly uh, victimized by a satanic cult. And these things kind of went in in tandem during yeah. um, uh, during this. Uh, but that, but the idea of the the sort of the uh, the lustful female being sort of the gateway drug, if you will, yeah. into demonic behavior, it goes back to the, to the witches and the, the in in the Middle Ages, and uh, and I'm sure even further back than that. So yeah. this idea of any sort of sexual identification of women uh, or or uh, uh, controlling their own sexuality is probably rooted in in some some idea with some of these cultures that it is in fact uh, sort of a demonically inspired yeah can you just uh, give us uh an example uh just kind of flesh out of one of these uh devil worship say the one in kenya the cult of uh, devil in kenya and and what what the reaction to that was well here you have a case where um the impact of of evangelical christianity especially imports from america um it began. It, it allowed people in that society to, to to understand random misfortune, especially technological misfortune, train accidents, and and other disasters. In terms of in terms of Satan, I mean, this allowed people to to feel like good Christians on the one hand, and this 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 panic was maintained by by high Episcopal authorities in the in the Anglican Church, um, and also it allowed people to. Um, to feel like they had a handle on, on on something worse going on than just I don't know witches or demons or or just kind of technological malfunctions, um, people began to accuse the the president of of being the the head of a of a satanic cult and um, and again this kind of fits into a lot of the kinds of things a lot of the conspiracy uh, uh, fears that are going on in Africa now where. Anybody who has a particular has a lot of power often becomes um, uh, suspicious in a lot of ways. You know, this, a person who has a lot of power, how are they using that power? How are they amassing wealth for themselves? What are they doing to to children? Things like that. Mm-hmm. 
So, um, I, so what he does, um, Moy, Arap Moy, is he, he turns the whole thing around and, and instigates his own investigation of satanic uh, cults hmm. in, in Kenya and uh, publishes this, this uh, enormous uh, study, which, which was, on, uh, was on the web, actually, was covered by a lot of news organizations, saying that satanic cults are rife in society. And in a way, this becomes a kind of macro conspiracy that, that all kinds of small groups of, of uh, uh, small, small religious groups and disasters and anxiety about modernity, anxiety about, about the cell phone re- revolution, all this kind of stuff can kind of get wound up into one great danger. And the Episcopal Church, of course, becomes the one that will lead you out of it. Right. I want to remind our listeners, we're speaking with David Frankfurter, and his book is Evil Incarnate. Um, and it does go, I, I would imagine that sort of the political component to that is, which it, if you are in a country and you're a leader of a, a country that has virtually no resources, no industry, just desperately poor, it makes it convenient to blame so much of the social ills on an evil yeah. that is, un, is essentially unidentifiable, to, or at least uh, um, it, gives, it gives some hope to the people in the, that country that it's not... It's not their lack of leadership. It's not. It's it's something beyond them. Yeah, and, so uh, it's and, quite terrifying too. Yeah, yeah. But I, I I would suppose that evil translates pretty easily into a modern society, a, a technological society too. I, I well, yeah. does it? Well, it can. Okay. I mean, America is prone to thinking in terms of evil because of our Protestant legacy and because of the the influence of evangelical Christianity in society. Um, many other European cultures really, um, it's, it's not, you don't find these panics in France, for example. It's, it's, it's um, we, we have a particular uh, predilection for thinking in terms of these really, really polarized forms of, of good versus evil, and so this is, has arisen con- constantly through American history. If right. it's if it's not um, if it's not satanic cults, it's it's communists or terrorists. Well, and I remember the the one of the worst things you could say about communists was that they were godless communists, that they were uh, atheists. All of them were right. atheists, right? And right now we're currently battling the axis of evil. Yeah, I mean we've identified that, and there are those who were speaking before you came on uh, about the uh, the idea of the. Uh, these sort of millennials, the uh, the end times people that have a lot of apparently have a lot of sway within this administration. I don't want to drag you into a political discussion here, but it it all I'm trying to say is that thread still runs through our society, which is I think most would say the most advanced culture, one of the most advanced societies on the planet. So yeah. we still have that definitely. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, well how how is it uh, then that uh, you think? Evil would would express itself uh, in in a, a modern society. You know how not evil would express itself, but how would it be identified? Because it seems that uh, we talked about this a couple of days ago that that evil has been dropped. The word evil has been mm. dropped by George Bush pretty yeah. much, and yeah. he was using it all the time up until about two years ago, and then somehow it just dropped off the scales, and, and now it's freedom. Now, it's freedom. Well, I I think the substitute for evil would be terrorism. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, is that is that is terrorism the new evil? Well, I think so, and as as I think communism was as well. I mean, you you take something that has some real basis in society. Um, you know, there, there are uh, 
groups of of religious fanatics who would uh, do incredibly uh, incredible atrocities, and then you begin to kind of expand the meaning, so it becomes um, mm-hmm. becomes a source of misfortune that could could afflict us anywhere. And I think this 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 really came out in that uh, study that the Senate did of of. Uh, all the different places that were marked down throughout the Midwest as terrorist targets, like donut shops and yeah. petting zoos and things like that. Bowling alleys, yeah, yeah. You know, you start to think like, okay, terrorism becomes something that's going to afflict us in the heartland. It's going to afflict us when we go to the petting zoo and we go to the donut shop. It's 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 the kind of thing that really exacerbates the the anxiety about about the southern border, the Mexican border. That also came up that that uh, having too open a border would allow terrorists to come in through Mexico. Um, so it becomes. This is when I talk about a, what I mean by a myth of evil. That this that this one great awful monstrous source of misfortune beca- begins to stand behind every other anxiety that that you have. It's a mindless sort of response, isn't it? Yeah, in, in many ways. It, uh, I've I've heard this, and maybe you can um, confirm this or dispel the the notion that America is by uh, by some measure the most fundamentalist country in the world. Is have you heard this or? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I I I, I would see that quite. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Based on our based on our beliefs in like angels and heaven, and uh, there's a there was a, I, a this was so long ago I can't identify the study, but I do recall it being hearing about it, that by uh, there was a measure of the beliefs in certain things mm-hmm. that is how you gauge whether or not it was the country or the people in it were, were uh, fundamentalists. Yeah. And, and by that measure, we were uh, among, if not the most fundamentalist country in the world. Yeah, we're which, pretty far out there. Which, is, which fly, flies in the face, we assume that the Saudis or some other you know, Middle yeah. Eastern country are more fundamentalist, but in fact. Well, along those lines, is, is evil pretty much attached to a fundamentalism? Do you need that? Well, I think you need some some ideology which will say that that uh, misfortune doesn't come from neighbors or from deities that might be propitiated and, and made uh, to be kind of happy with you, but it's it's some larger force. And the kinds of ideologies you get in uh, totalitarian societies, like the uh, uh, certain like Stalinism and, mm-hmm. and, and Nazism, and also in um, yeah, what I would call uh, uh, evangelical Christianity certainly talks not in terms of multiple spirits, multiple sources of, of misfortune, but the presence, the real presence of Satan, and that one great polarized evil stands behind things that are that go bad. Right. Well, David Frankfurter, uh, the book "Evil Incarnate: Rumors of Demonic Conspiracy and Satanic Abuse in History." Um, is there a way for we? You know, we have our weekly uh, signals website. People can get to you from that. Do you have your own website you'd like to identify? Um, there is. I, I have a website, but I'm not exactly sure how to get it. It's, it's through University of New Hampshire. Okay. okay, very good. It's it's linked up to the weekly signals website. There I know go. that one. There we go. And Great. Uh, all right. Yeah, well, I want to thank you for being on Weekly Signals once again. The book Evil Incarnate, David Frankfurter. Thank you. Thank you. To learn more about Weekly Signals interviews, including upcoming guests, or to download the podcast, visit our website at weeklysignals.com. And be sure to visit nathancallahan.com for daily readings and feature articles. Until next week, 
I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Caspar. And this is Weekly Signals. <laughs>